Ladies and gentlemen, what's up and welcome back to the Motivated Lawn Care Show. I'm your host, Caleb Nguyen, and today on the show, we have the one, the only, Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast. Um, he's got probably, I would say, I'm, I'm going to say it here, I think it's probably the largest lawn care podcast out there, like lawn care, landscaping, that kind of stuff, and uh, I, I had the pleasure of being on his show. I think uh, the episode went up the, this last week. Uh, this will be going up on Monday, so last Wednesday, um, and that was super cool to be on his show. I've been on Brian Fullerton's show, and I think he's I think he's the runner up. I think he's number two, um, but uh, no, really cool to have him have him here. His story kind of starts with um, not much until after college. It sounded like um, when he started his lawn care business, and uh, nothing nothing too crazy in the beginning. Not very profitable, but he he got his act together through YouTube podcasts, the kind of stuff that you guys are consuming con- content of right now. And he later went on to start the Green Industry Podcast. And uh, even from from being nothing and uh, not having very many many listeners to it's obviously where it is today as the, as the number one uh, podcast in the green industry. So, Mr. Jameson, thank you for being on. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kick it off a little bit. Um, did I get anything wrong? So I'm pretty sure you started the lawn care business right out of college. And, That's uh, correct. Nothing, nothing too crazy going on. Right there, you probably felt like you were the the coolest man in the world, like like we all do when we first start the business. And uh, so so walk us through the journey because there's a lot of guys who are still in that really starting uh, stage, and I'm sure it'd be good for them to hear your story of going from you know less than profitable to to you know okay profit to where you, where you're at you're at today. Yeah, the first few years, it, like you mentioned, it was before. The information was available on YouTube and podcasting where my, my first influencers I connected with were Keith Kalfas from YouTube and a guy on YouTube who's no longer making videos, but his name was the lawn care millionaire, Jonathan Potashnik. And so uh, before I found those guys, there's another guy named Geek the Freak um, that I watched back in the day. He doesn't make lawn care videos anymore either. But basically 2011 until I found those guys in 2013 – my business was um, unprofitable because I didn't understand all of my overhead of purchasing new equipment, purchasing a trailer, purchasing all of the power equipment that I got, and then basically paying for labor and all of the expenses that go into a business. I didn't realize how much I was spending on all of that because my prices were just not high enough. And so I was making money revenue, but it was going out the other door at expenses. And ultimately, I had to go get a job at Carabas, which is a restaurant, Italian restaurant down here. And I was working from four, usually four p.m. till about close. And some nights I would close. I wouldn't get out of there till eleven because I had to make money to pay my rent because my lawn business was not um, anywhere close to to paying me as a, uh, a owner salary that I needed to. So that was my my first lesson learned is I got to pay myself as the owner of a business. And, uh, eventually I started paying myself a certain amount and every month the same amount. And then I realized, wow, I gotta, I gotta start charging more. I I gotta start raising my prices. I gotta start decreasing my expenses. And it was kind of a crash course in the business through the school of experience, um, back pre, um, information days of, of now we have all these podcasts and YouTube videos and it's, uh, there's a lot of, you got to sift through it. Some of these jokers out there, their, their, their advice sucks, but there's a lot of good advice out there as well. You just got to be very, very careful who you listen to. Yeah. 
But um, anyway, now now I've learned how to be very profitable. I just actually got off the phone with my bookkeepers right before you called me, Megan and Joey Coberly from the Landscaping Bookkeeper. It, it is mind-blowing how much profit I made last month. I mean, it just blew my mind. It, it, it was my record, actually. And it's just like it was a long road to get here. But now I'm obsessed with being profitable and, and just thinking each, each day – what am I doing right now? Is this, is this creating profit in my business or not? And um, at the end of the day, the long journeys led me to know my numbers, know what my price is, and, and uh, learn how to do really good marketing and get the customers that I want and um, businesses as well. So, Yeah, so when you were not charging enough, was it just was it the quality of the service wasn't up to snuff or were they just getting like a screaming deal? Well, it was because I was doing what everyone else was doing. And over 10 years, I realized that those those guys when I started that were charging 40, 45 bucks a cut, they weren't around anymore. And I didn't realize that the, the big boys, the big companies, the Crab Apples, the Russells, the, um, they used to be called Brightview and then Valleycrest, they merged in the Brickman. And, and those, those kind of companies, they were charging much higher. But I just didn't know what the prices were. And so I was, I, I just heard of, you know, Jose down the street or Mario or whoever these guys were that I kind of, you know, were working in the similar areas. And man, they're like, how much you charge? And they're like, oh, 45 bucks a cut. And I said, I charge what they charge. And not knowing that yeah. that wasn't enough, I needed to, I needed to, to be charging more what the, the other companies might have been cutting it for 65. And I just didn't know that. And so I copied my pricing off of the other guys that later went out of business. And so the companies that are still around today, they had a lot higher prices. So eventually I had to know my own numbers. And I had a friend, um, John Pajak for about a year. Um, he basically pushed me for a year to, to learn my numbers. And, and he uh, eventually won over and I did like a four hour call with him. And he showed me what my break even rate was of what I had to be making um, per hour with the three man crew that I was running at that time. Um, which was way higher than what I was making per hour. And once I realized that not break even, I, you know, was raising my prices and getting it together. So, so did you do anything different uh, than the other businesses in your area? The Jose, the, I think you call them Chuck in the truck. Now um, those guys, what did you do differently to make yourself stand out to be able to justify the price? Or did you just, you just charge it and if they don't like it, they can go, then go with Chuck and Truck. How'd you do that? Well, quality. I just my personality. I've always been obsessed with quality. So I would when we we get to a property, the very first thing we do is edge. So if we have a two man crew, let's say it's Alberto and me, we'll get to the property. One of us will grab a mower, which let's say it's a thirty inch X Mark mower or forty eight inch, whatever you're using. One guy will get the mower and he'll start mowing. And the other guy will lay a really nice edge down along what we call the hard edges. So that's along the driveway, the sidewalk up to the front door, along the street. And we'll use a, a, a blade edger for that. Yeah. And then you get done with that, and then you do the soft edges, which you, you whip the, the weed eater, you, you flip it up, and then you just use the edge of that to, to <coughs> define the edge around the garden beds. And then um, once you get that done with that, um, if there's bushes to trim, we'll trim. And then typically the guy getting mowing and the guy getting weed eating, whoever gets done first will blow. 
and we would do a really, really good job. So there was never poor quality service. I mean, maybe my first few yards were, but really early on, I just took a lot of pride in, in making sure the, the yards look really nice. And so um, I just didn't know what I – I didn't know that my prices were too low. It just It wasn't because of the quality. The quality was um, better than the competition in, in most cases. There's some really good – landscapers here that do a good job as well atlanta is a very well landscaped city in the upper echelon suburbs but um just uh the number side of things i didn't understand we, we mastered the technique side of a lawn maintenance early on but the um number side we didn't and then eventually i got into landscape enhancements and learned how to dig holes to plant plant little uh, bushes and then and seasonal flowers and all of that and there was a learning curve with the enhancement side, but um, eventually we figured it out. Gotcha. And what was the transition from, uh, like, what was it that made you go, oh, I want to, I want to have a podcast and and uh, do this, this, do this on top of it, of everything else. Yeah, that that actually blindsided me. I was in um, Illinois driving a U-Haul, and I while I was driving the U-Haul from Minneapolis back to Atlanta, I was on a little little vacation trip in august of 2018 i actually had a vision of, of people listening to me in, in their trucks and their shops and then the lord spoke to me and said if you build it they will listen and he and then i really i connected the dots that if i build a podcast talking about business that people would listen to me yeah. um and so i started the podcast very shortly after that in october of 2018 and i just started sharing my story and it wasn't anything like it wasn't like I built uh, Brightview or some crazy company. It was just like, hey guys, I'm learning. I, I don't have this figured out, but I'm learning. Here's my story. And so my podcast from day one was not like uh, coming from the experts in some multi million dollar business. It was I was a glorified Chuck in the truck when I started my podcast. But other people that were listening to me were facing the same issues I was, and so it quickly became a popular show. And um, then I just was um, very consistent with it. I make a daily episode um, to this day, and, and there, uh, get, there's guests on there as well that the guests are starting to get more and more um, impressive with us starting to get some really good guests on. Like um, I've been able to interview some people that are way further along in business than me. But nevertheless, it's been a consistent show, whether it's just a solo episode every day or I'm interviewing my buddies like Naylor Caleb Allman or Jason Creel, I, I like to have some of the same guys on the show that are just my buddies. And then yeah. sometimes we'll get a big fish like a Corey Ballard or yeah. he, he, he built a, a huge business and, and sold it for uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so, mm-hmm. you know, every now and again, we get to get a big fish like Corey on the show or the pond guy, no pun intended, yeah. uh, Greg Whitstock, who does 60 million a year and guys like that. I mean, that's just so far beyond my, um, uh, where my businesses are at, but you know, we're just, we're growing every day. And I think people like to listen because they can relate to guys like Naylor and, and Caleb Allman and myself and Jason Creel, who are just, we're still in that figure it out stage. So yeah. I think a lot of people that podcast try to act like they got it all together. And some of them might, but we're, um, I'm podcasting from a place of like, I'm, uh, I'm figuring it out on the run, on the go here, and, and I think people enjoy 
the journey and kind of tracking along. And even people that used to listen to me back in 2019 and 18, and they're like, man, we, it's been fun for us to kind of grow with you. Cause as I interview these guests and learn from them, I'm, I'm just continually growing as a business person. So anyway, my podcast is a little bit different than, than some of these other shows out there in the business genre. Yeah. Um, where guys just try to, um, brand themselves as the authority and the, um, expert and all of that. And yeah. I've just kind of been like, well, this is just my story. I'm figuring out what it is like to be a profitable entrepreneur. And it's, it's just a really, um, authentic, um, show and experience. So we we're enjoying making the episodes. Um, my producer, his nickname is Mr. Producer and he's my right hand man. So we, we have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like you went from, from lawn care, being in the truck on the job site, doing all that stuff now, really taking podcasting and, and uh, content creation really seriously. What's what's the next step? Because obviously you've done uh, some crazy things with this podcast, um, with the Green Industry Podcast. And it sounds like God's really, really blessed that too. What, what's the what's the next thing? Well, really, we're just taking it um, one day at a time. There's a huge need where guys are coming to me and, and you know, asking for help with, building and i just actually had an awesome conversation with my bookkeeper joey coberly um, and his wife megan about how we serve the community because there's so many people that will scale a lawn care business the wrong way and it's too late once they realize that certain systems and processes and prices and things just aren't um uh excellence and when you when you get a bigger company it's really hard to, to turn this massive ship. And so what my mission is, is to help guys like yourself that are, that are 250,000 and under and, and getting that um, billing processes and getting the understanding, all the financial statements and the financial part of the business and getting the right systems and processes in place. So if you do decide to scale and perhaps sell it one day, everything's in order and and then for those who want to go beyond you know 250 usually if you're one crew you should be doing you know 200,000 to 250,000 a year and then if you want to go beyond that just making sure when you hit that point that you have all of your um foundations in the proper place so anyway that looks like me doing one-on-one coaching with guys and I have some e-trainings um, our most popular one is called How to Know Your Numbers, e-training program where we teach you how to know your numbers. And then obviously trying to create a high-quality daily podcast. There's just there's a huge need that I'm, I'm, I'm finding my place in how to help other people build profitable businesses. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll kind of figure that out as well as it, as it grows and goes. But um, there's just a lot of business owners that need help, and I've um, – I find a passion of, of helping others and see them succeed. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And then when the people that we help have success, it's super rewarding to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of those things um, that you see guys doing as they're scaling too quickly? What are some, what are some low hanging fruit? What, is, what are some mistakes that they're making in case there's guys listening who are, you know, if they're looking to go to two trucks or three trucks or whatever, but they're not really even sure what you're talking about here. Um, what are some things yeah, you're doing the, so so the no this these aren't in like an order and i, I do have sure. to, to roll out here in a minute caleb i'm sorry yeah. my my schedule today is just 
jam jam packed. But yeah. one of the things you need to get in order as fast as possible is paying yourself as the owner of your business. And so it's going to be a little bit different if you're a sole proprietor, uh, sole proprietorship versus the um, LLC and things of that nature. There's the, the, the legalities. There's a little uh, twist in terms to that. But the, the, the premise is you need to pay yourself. If, if, if somebody came in my business back in the day and said, okay, what, what do you do, Paul? Well, I, I'm on every property, mowing, edging, trimming, blowing, driving the truck. I'm the foreman and I'm a laborer. And then when I get off work, I actually send out, you know, send out quotes, collect invoices. I'm, 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 I'm over the billing department. And then I do, you know, and I'm the mechanic, I'm changing the blades on the mower. Right. And I got all, mm. I'm wearing all these hats. So it's like, well, hypothetically, if I were to hire somebody to do what I was doing, how much would I pay them? Mm. And I, and, 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 and I don't even know if anyone would take on that job. If they read the job description, you're going to, you're going to do lawn maintenances every day. And then you're going to go in the shop and, you know, sharpen lawnmower blades and swap them out. And then you're going to go and, and, and do billing. And, but I was doing all that stuff, but I wasn't paying myself as a laborer in the business or even as the owner of the business. So what you got to do is you got to say, okay, well, if I would go on, hire somebody to do that, whatever you're doing, how, how much would you have to pay somebody? 4000 a month, 5000 a month, 6000 a month, whatever it is. And then you need to pay yourself that amount. And then the reason why guys don't do that is because their business isn't making enough money. And so, but but it's like a catch twenty two. As soon as I started paying, I think I started at four thousand a month back, back in the day. So I started paying myself four thousand a month. And I quickly realized I needed to start paying myself five thousand a month because by the time I added up my rent and all my payments, like four thousand just wasn't enough personally. Yeah. So then I started paying myself five thousand a month, which is sixty grand a year. Well, what happened was I started realizing, crap, I got to make more money in the business. <laughs> and so then I started charging more. I started getting more confidence. And and, and, and eventually it, it became, you know, r- routinely effortless, if you will, with the margin where I, I could pay myself that. So um, but anyway, when I look into a lot of these guys businesses, they're not consistently paying themselves. And I'm like, as fast as you can. Um, you know, on the first of the month, pay yourself 5,000 a month. And they they start huffing and puffing, but I don't know. I, I don't have, and that's because your business isn't a real bit. Like you, you're not profitable. You're not, you got to be able to pay yourself as the owner, um, first and, and a, a, a salary and, and then, and then get the business to be profitable. And then the second thing I'll share, and I, I apologize. I got to get going here. Caleb. Yeah. No worries. No but, worries. Um, the second thing is, so get that in order, pay yourself as the owner of the company. You know, and it could just be once a month or it could be biweekly, but pay yourself a reasonable wage and, and, and do that as quickly as possible. Don't just take out money willy nilly whenever at the end or whatever. And secondly, you need a business tax savings plan. Now, my bookkeepers, Megan and Joey, and, and, and then my certified financial planner, Sheila, the instructions that I'm not publicly going to share, <laughs> but when you're starting out, you're kind of safety net could just be 15% of the revenue. So let's say you go out and you do, you mow Mrs. Smith's yard for a hundred dollars and, and you're using a CRM and, and she pays you your hundred bucks with a card on file. <coughs> then you take 15% of that revenue immediately, which would be $15 immediately. And you transfer it into a business tax savings account. And then you just leave that $15 in there. Then you let's say you go do a thousand dollar mulch job the next day. 
customer pays you a thousand bucks immediately when you see that thousand dollars go into your business account immediately take a hundred and fifty dollars which is fifteen percent yep transfer it into your business tax savings account then let's say you go do a big job a ten thousand dollar job and and then that would be one thousand five hundred immediately fifteen percent you transferred in that business tax savings account. And so I get in the habit as fast as possible. Every time money comes into your business to transfer it into a business tax savings account. Mm, and so then, you don't spend that money. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to pay that in taxes. Right. So if you don't have the money saved, then you can get into penalties and interest and, and then hire a high quality bookkeeper and accountant as fast as possible. And they're going to help you understand how to pay those quarterly taxes um, and, and how to make sure your, your taxes are current. But those are the two biggest mistakes I'm noticing right now is guys aren't properly saving for their taxes and guys aren't paying themselves as the owner of the business. So um, I'm just warming up, Caleb. I, I could share yeah. more, but I do. Yep. My, my, my schedule is popping um, as you youngsters say, and I got to get going here. All right. But, well, I, um, I appreciate you being on. Cool, man. Well, th- thanks for having me. And sorry I'm tight on time today, but I, I appreciate no um, worries. you having me on the show. And you guys can go back to the Green Industry Podcast on last week's episode. Um, we had Caleb on our show talking about going around the neighborhood in a little bicycle with a trailer <laughs> connected to it. It's a wild story. So head over to Green Industry Podcast. Take a listen to that one. Uh, that was a lot of fun. All righty. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, thanks again, Mr. Jameson. Sorry I got to run, my man, but I got to go. No worries. All right, bye. All right, have a good day. Bye. You do. Bye. All right, guys, that is it with Mr. Jameson. Um, I got to say, really smart guy, really blessed by God to be able to, you know, grow such a, a crazy podcast like his own. Um, that was not that's not the goal with, with this podcast at all. But, you know, I'm just saying, if you want to leave me a five-star review... You could do that. No, some some really insightful stuff there. And I'm just thinking about paying myself first. I started doing that. It was just like every week, $1,000. I'm just, I'm going to take it out. The first, the, as soon as there's $1,000 in there, I'm pulling it. $1,000, pulling it. I just did that every time. And um, that was after I realized, I was like, oh, shoot. I got to start pulling money out of here because when the money's in the account, I'm like, all right, we got a cushion. We can, you know, upgrade this and, and do it. So, yeah, make sure you guys are paying yourself. Um, and make sure you're setting aside money for taxes. Otherwise, it will come back to bite you. Uh, make sure you're keeping track of your sales tax, too. That's, that's important. Get a good CRM for that, too, um, which we'll go into in, in some in some future episodes. I'm sure just, just look through some of the episodes we have here. We'll talk about CRM. We'll talk about taxes. We'll talk about all that stuff that uh, Mr. Jameson was going over. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace.